Good evening, fans. Tim Kittrow here, the voice of NBA Jam. And you're listening to the Game Dev Breakdown Podcast, brought to you by CodeWritePlay.com. Boom shakalaka. Okay, close enough. Hi, Matt. How are you? I am doing just splendid today, sir. How are you? <laughs> I enjoyed our brief uh, warm-up Twitter browsing session just now. Yes, yes. So uh, welcome to this, the 100th episode of Game Dev Breakdown. What? <laughs> uh, it is, this is also the day of my birth, so I'm wearing my uh, actually in my 30s t-shirt that uh, Very appropriate. our buddy Joel bought me, and I bought him one as well. We have similar birthdays. So uh, how's, how's life? How are you before we jump into anything else? Life, life is good. Work is not. Uh, no, in all seriousness, everything's good. This pandemic's changed a lot of things. But uh, bonus is I had a daughter in December before it all kicked off, and I've gotten a lot of extra time at home until just recently. And we are starting the school year remotely, and my wife's the teacher, and I'm the IT person, one of the three IT people for a whole district of about 14 buildings. So it's busy, but life is good. No complaints here. The pandemic hellscape known as the public school system. Yes. I, uh, we're going to meet, <laughs> meet, we're going to meet Will's teacher today, yes. a little later, when she drops off his school supplies in a bag on our front porch, and I will walk Will to the window where he can wave at his new teacher. Well, there you go. So I'm sure that sounds just like how you remember starting kindergarten. I had the kindergarten teacher with the name of Mrs. Gross, and sand table time was legit. <laughs> there's a have you ever been to the magic house in st louis uh it's been a long time but yes they have a sand table there and it was the first time will had seen a sand table and i'll give you only one guess what he went up and tried to do he took the little tiny shovel grabbed as much sand as he could and started going for his mouth yep that's <laughs> what i figured like, i was like oh knocked it out of his hand <laughs> god only knows what was in there Oh, my God. Probably regret cigarettes and disease. <laughs> I may have confused the whole thing for a giant ashtray. That's true. <laughs> there's there's no way there's a cleaning process for a sand table in a children's amusement place. I will say it probably had one thing going for it, being indoors, was there was no cats around. <laughs> <laughs> we can't really prove that. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Our... <laughs> Our pest control guy just just came by, and he's an older guy, and it's kind of like how you want to talk to a cop who's really old, like he's survived <laughs> a lot of things, and he's been around <laughs> seeing it all, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, want, I want the same thing out of my pest control person. So he comes in. First of all, he wasn't supposed to come in. The company emailed us, like, our policy states that during the pandemic, our people will not come indoors. Man, he mm-hmm. rang that doorbell. I opened that up, and he walked that ass right inside past me. He's like, how you guys doing? What's up, everybody? How you guys doing? You got any tissues? I'm sneezing like a motherfucker today. I'm kind of scooting my son behind me, like, stand back, son. So uh, pulls his mask and his gloves off, shoves them in the old pocket. And I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Good to see you. He's like, uh, anyway, I'm going to get to work. And he just walks off, walks all through the house, does his thing. And so we start eating lunch. It was that day that I texted you. I said, I'm having Penn Station delicious <sighs> wonderful yes. pin station so we're sitting at the kitchen table and will's kind of like where's that guy what's he doing i'm like well it's best not to ask questions <laughs> and 
And so I start ripping into my delicious foot-long chicken teriyaki from, oh, uh, from Penn Station. And the next thing I know, he walks up to us, and I, I'm thinking he's going to say, okay, thanks, guys, looks good, see you later. Um, whips one of the traps out of his pocket where it was sitting oh, and unfolds it over my sandwich. Oh, he my like God. leans in and, and opens it up and shows me the largest wolf spider I've seen yet. Oh my god! And he's like, "Yeah, man, it was in that sump pump room. You ought to do something." I'm like, "Yeah, I called you," <laughs> which was the thing I thought I was doing. So <laughs> I'm gonna get a cinder block to just put over that sump pump hole. <sighs> I mean, if if this basement floods, we got much worse problems. My studio oh. is right outside that door, so yeah. So <laughs> small talk way aside, <laughs> way to ruin Penn Station, by the way. You were treating yourself. It was that day and wolf spider crusting on the top i i don't know if it's different from looking at me but i am down like 35 pounds something like that since the pandemic started you're killing it your camera's off right now just so you know but you're killing it. oh that's true i had to turn my camera off in skype so i could use it no bs this will go it's up important. on youtube and you can uh, comment later no nobody comment on my appearance please <laughs> just, i'm not ready for that um no what happened was like when i kind of got sick in march which we suspect was the c word um, still haven't been tested, but doesn't kind of doesn't matter now. Um, so I got sick. I had the inflammation response. So like I could feel inside my body, my parts were inflating like a balloon. Like it was rough. I would go uh-huh. to bed and I could feel like something in my chest, like the, I don't know, the fluid sack around it or something. Like I feel stuff like moving and sliding around. So it was awful. I was convinced I was dying the entire time. And unfortunately, many people did. So, uh, but I, you know, over time, things started to get better. I've got the worst blood type for this. So Mm. it's, it's been, it's had very long lasting effects and it's no joke, dude. Right. But like my wife said, you know, one, one thing that does naturally like decrease inflammation and stuff is if you, uh, eat the same stuff that lines up with keto, basically. And she said, if you do like long fasts, like if you long being like longer than probably 16 hours when you go into heavy ketosis she said that that will have that effect like an anti-inflammatory effect on your body and so i mean it's one thing not wanting to be a fat ass like that's kind of a motivator but if it may save your life or at least make you feel like you're going to live and feel like you're getting better okay that was a big motivator so yeah i i started eating one time at dinner time and that stuff was all basically keto i haven't been perfect but it's been a dramatic improvement. I feel way better. I feel like I'm going to live. How's your sleep? Which is what I wanted. Uh, I'm sleeping so much better because I'm not up with like heartburn in the night. There you go. Uh, so it's an improvement. Things are on the way back. My spleen still feels kind of weird. And every once in a while I get like palpitations and stuff. But it's anxiety because I thought I was dying. Well, there is that. <laughs> I look like I... I I haven't really, really opened up about this stuff, but we can talk about it since I've been dealing with it since I brought the podcast back and, like, I don't know. Uh, I'll have to check Twitter when the complaint stopped. Like, that guy dropped his podcast. I won't listen to it. I'm sorry, guys. I thought I was dying, and I'm sorry that impacted your listening experience. <laughs> listen, it's your birthday. You're entitled to do whatever you want, sir. <laughs> my, my new rule is if you haven't left a review, at least I don't want to hear on Twitter about your upset that I'm dying because it's hurting your podcast experience. There you go. So if everybody could do me that favor. No, but it's it's cool. I'm trying to be positive because 
uh, I'm on medicine that makes me be positive now. There you go. <laughs> That's always the thing. But you know, the website's been, been more active for the last couple of weeks. That's been fun. Discord is hopping. Like, I love hanging out with uh, those of you who are in Discord. That's been great. And uh, things are starting to pick up with PR folks again. We've had some of them on. Clinton Keith was awesome to talk to. The uh, guys from Kitbash 3D. Uh, I didn't have to go seek these guys out, which was fantastic for me. Even better. Yeah, so that's going on. Working on uh, transcripts for the upcoming interview book, which is nice. And uh, now the podcast and the website are back on track. I've got some posts coming up about this conference I covered in VR. I told you a little bit about this. Mm -hmm. For the listener, because not a lot of that content's up on the site yet, the Audio Engineering Society... Just for fun, let me try to get the name right. Okay, it's the Audio Engineering Society International Conference on Audio for Virtual and Augmented Reality 2020. What's that, 30 words? At least a <laughs> mouthful and then some. So, <laughs> uh, Aaron on the, on the Discord said it would be funny if they did name badges where you had one full name badge full of title and then the title spilled over onto a second name badge. And then your name was at the bottom of the second name badge. I want to give him full credit for that for that joke. That was very. Fun. I'm, I may still have to Photoshop that. That reminds me of uh, Ross Geller at that house party at the apartment where he had two name tags on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is my son walking in. William, at ladies Hi. and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. You having fun watching Boy Meets World in the in the theater next door? <laughs> And not King of Queens. <laughs> Who's your and not King of the Hill? Oh, King of the Hill. Oh. That's the one I was going to get in trouble for. Uh, who's your favorite character on Boy Meets World? Um, uh, what's your name? What's your favorite character on Boy Meets World first? Um, the king. The king? Yeah. That's Daniel Tiger, my dude. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, you want to you want to finish the show first, and then we'll go up and have some lunch. Uh huh. Okay. Bye. Bye. Keep. Uh, don't close the door. We'll pull it most of the way shut. Okay. Good man. Good man indeed. William, everybody. Good times. <laughs> so. <laughs> I thought he said King of Queens earlier. I was like, the boy knows what he wants. Good for him. <laughs> Two strong options, but yeah, the the goal was. Uh, Mama has to sleep for work tonight. She's doing an overnighter. So I hear you. <laughs> we came down here. I set up the mixing board, which is why the audio is a little better. Just took a little longer to uh, set it up. I I told him, you can hang out in the theater. I said, you can hang out in here. But it'll be more fun for you if I turn something on in the theater in the next room over and right. tell me anything you want to watch. And he goes, King of the Hill. No. And I said, I've recently gotten in a little bit of trouble <laughs> over the King of the Hill viewings. <laughs> Because he has eventually hauled off and started like, what the hell? <laughs> so, like, Dale, you giblet-headed. I <laughs> and I, I promised that before school got started, I would get him back on uh, appropriate programming. So <laughs> he's really into trash trucks right now. So for, for a while, he was watching trash trucks on YouTube. And now we switched over to Boy Meets World, which we talked about in your last appearance. So, mm. Pretty well every time we speak, it has to come up. It's an unwritten rule. I think before that started, we were talking about the conference that I covered this week. So the, mm. 
when uh, this was DigiPen Institute of Technology up in Redmond, Washington, they've been for whatever reason they've taken a liking to the show, or to me, or to uh, probably to you. Some, some. It, I don't think it has a lot to do with me, but they send us news and stuff, and I can occasionally put up a post like, "Hey, there's a free webinar thing. This is good for everybody." So we partner together, we make our content, we do our events, and they said there's a conference coming up, and it's all in virtual reality. And I said, "Oh, really?" Normally, I wouldn't just necessarily go cover an all audio engineering conference because I don't know enough about it. You know, I, you just watched me try to set this podcast up, which right. I've done for almost three years now, and it took us close to half an hour to get started. I know nothing about audio anything. So, so, Still more than me. <laughs> but it was in VR, and I looked at the speaker list, and it had somebody from Facebook, which is like, okay, they, they uh, manage Oculus now. So they, they're in charge of the Quest headset, the new upcoming Quest headset. The, uh, there was a chief scientist from Dolby Laboratories who she gave a TED Talk recently, seemed super smart and uh, like a very good speaker. That seemed interesting. And then Valve's entire audio team. I don't know if it was their entire audio team, but it was like four or five people from their audio team who worked on Half-Life Alex just now. Did you wear your Gordon glasses? Didn't count. <laughs> I did, but they couldn't see me. I should have put them on my avatar. Oh, I messed up. I should have dressed myself up like Gordon. And it would have been great. <laughs> and I'll show you the video of this later, but there was like a balcony you could stand on above the audience behind Whoa. the speaker. And I should have just like showed up up there and just stood there and see if anybody <laughs> like acknowledged me. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Oh, I, I need to talk to you before I do everything. Huh? That's really Every good now idea. and then I get a good one. That's where the good ideas come from. So anyway, I agreed to do this thing. What I said to them was I, I emailed the PR person back and said, this sounds like a good idea. I could cover it on the site and then you could help me get some of the speakers on the podcast. And then I think everybody wins and we can have a good time. And she basically said, go ahead and, you know, attend the event. Here's your press code. That's great. And I will go to the event organizers and do my best afterward. Good enough. She can't, you know, she can't make anybody. They can't make anybody. Right. The team from Valve particularly, I, I'll i be surprised if that works, but I hope to have somebody on so we can talk about, so it, it's hard to cover Valve for everybody. So, but if we could get somebody, I would love that. And actually I would talk to any of these guys, the Facebook people, the Dolby people. We, we could definitely find ways because there are audio people listening to this show. And uh, hello to them and sorry for how this sounds. But so, so I had to create a 3D avatar on Altspace VR. A lot of people knew about Altspace VR, but basically it's a VR meeting space. You can set up these environments. Uh, you can do podcasts there. You can do, I think you can do some kind of streaming there and you can hold events. So you can meet in VR space. And that started as a startup a while back and Microsoft acquired them. So now I think Microsoft is in control of Altspace VR. So I didn't know anything about it, so I logged in for the first time, made my little man. I got pictures of that, and I got pictures of everything, but uh, I let them know, hey, I'm ready, here's my account name, please add access to the events to this account name. And they said, okay, sounds good. So the event started Monday morning, got up, logged in, dropped some social posts you probably saw, like, hey, everybody, mm -hmm. I'm doing a conference in VR this week, look at me! And the event starts, and no one added the access to my account. 
Womp. No way. So I covered the first day of the conference on YouTube live stream. And the way they did that was they had an account uh, log in with their own avatar, run to the back of the audience, sit, sit in a row, and act as a camera person just by like pointing their face at the, uh, at the speaker, which you can do in a 2D client. So they didn't have to do it in a headset. That would have been terrible. But, <laughs> but they pointed their face at the, at the speaker and, and let that be that. So the YouTube experience was not great because YouTube Live has a comment section. Which oh, people can boy. comment in. I brought you this bubble. Well, that's cool, buddy. Huh? You, can, thanks, buddy. Thanks for letting me know. I'll be there as soon as I can. Okay. Awesome. He's a good boy. He's the best, dude. He's the best. And to his credit, we should be 30 minutes further into this than we are. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Um, so where was I? We... I was watching uh, a comment section. Comments in YouTube, YouTube Live. Live. So here's something I watched. I watched the first speaker give a keynote address in virtual reality. I'm I'm very interested in, the, in this at this point because I'm going. I'm watching this conference that's happening in VR. There's a real speaker who would have had to travel somewhere. All these people would have had to fly into Redmond uh, and attend this this building, which they recreated in VR. They made their actual building in VR. But instead, they're all doing this basically using video game characters that they made. So mm-hmm. the novelty of this is interesting to me. So, so in the middle of the first keynote, I watch a person appear at random next to the audience, walks up to the stage, walks to the center of the stage while the, the keynote presenter is speaking, turns to face the audience, and just stands there. <laughs> And I'm like, well, this guy's going to be embarrassed. He'll figure this out in a moment. And he did not. He stood there for an awkward period of time, just just interrupting the, the conference. And I thought, why are we creating this much freedom in this space? <laughs> why do we have the option to, like, the audience was muted, so they had at least that much control. Yeah. But people walked in front of the camera guy and just stood there. It was exactly as bad as watching your kids like Christmas play. Jeez. In virtual reality space. And then that guy got into that chat room, which is why why I brought that up. And he's like, Did everybody see me? I did that on purpose. And oh I was like, God. Oh, you're you're an adult man who is part of this professional organization and you are a troll. And he's like some, some people. He's like, Yeah, if anybody if anybody recorded that, send it to me. <laughs> Clip that stream. Yeah. <laughs> Xbox record that. Right. <laughs> so then as they move from the keynote to the panel, uh, more people are speaking. Uh, a couple of female presenters join the panel. And I mention that because at this point, this guy started getting weird and aggressive. And it felt very trollish to me. Like, he, he starts like, what did she just say? That didn't sound right. I thought like, uh, this woman's a scientist. I think I think maybe like we should just go ahead and listen to uh, wh- what she had to say. And he starts like haranguing the the organizers and the presenters and stuff until very shortly after the event organizers had to shut down the chat. Jeez. So this is all just sort of a look at how weird it is for us to try to do uh, trade events in virtual reality during the pandemic. The pandemic has really thrown a wrench in the entire industry and everything we're trying to do. Like we thought we had it and watching it this week, 
like a lot of the writing that I'm going to do about this event is actually going to be about like how weird the experience was. So I also had to laugh because I, I sort of beamed in when they finally gave me access on day three of three. So I missed the Facebook keynote. I missed the Valve keynote. On day three, I was going to go check the, uh, the chief scientist from Dolby Laboratories. She was giving her presentation, and I thought, that'll be, that'll be a good one. I'll go catch that, catch a few minutes of that, and clip some videos, and then I can do my coverage on the site. So I blast into the uh, lobby, get some pictures of that real quick. But, like, seconds later, there's a dude trying to talk to me already. So, like, an awkward conversation like would happen at any real convention was happening to me in VR space. I hear, like, tap, tap, tap. Hey, can you hear me? <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I was thinking, it was a weird experience because, like, in, in real life, I would be doing the exact same thing. I'd be going, like, could I maybe walk away right now and act like I don't hear him? <laughs> But I had that exact same feeling like I can't walk away. I've got to talk to this person. So I had to unmute myself, speak into my Quest headset. Yes, sir, I can hear you. How's it going? How are you doing? And we talked for it. Like, he was perfectly pleasant. But I had to laugh that, like, the exact same thing that would happen to me at a real conference. Like, I couldn't just walk in off the street and walk into a presentation space. Same thing happened to me in VR. Wow. I still think that's a neat concept that they were able to, like... Bring everybody in. The fact that some idiot did get up on the stage or whatever, but like the fact that they took the time to do all that, create all that, it's really neat in theory. But you're going to have those people, and now because it's the internet and people think they're anonymous and funny and can do whatever they want, you're still going to have that. That's why I'm trying to temper my criticism because on day two when I really wanted to see Valve talk, I uh, I couldn't get in. I had to watch on YouTube Live. The audio was bad. And so for me, I was trying to fight the feeling that, like, this entire thing is ruined. And not only did this not work, this prevented me from doing something else this week. Yeah. Uh, there was a South by Southwest presentation, like a makeup session that I, I could have checked from uh, game industry folks. Uh, so I was trying not to, like, the PR person who brought me in on this has been very good to me. Very kind to keep me in the loop on certain stuff. And she works with a number of... Uh, she works with a number of other brands that I'm interested in, so um, not her fault. She she forwarded all my problems and eventually got them fixed. But uh, on, on day three, it was pretty cool to beam into this thing, pick a, um, these little teleporters to go to the different presentation spaces, and then uh, go into the actual event space, find a place to stand, grab some pics and stuff. They would give little emoji claps and stuff for presenters and stuff. It was a whole thing. So it was a pretty novel experience. And if anybody has an opportunity to, um, for one thing, Altspace VR is free. Some of you virtual reality fans are probably tearing your hair out right now. Like, I can't believe you didn't know about this. Most of us don't know about this. People who are just getting into that. If you don't have a <clears throat> VR headset at all, you can download their 2D client and do the same thing. You can create your avatar, and it, then it's like first-person shooter controls, mouse and keyboard, hmm. and you they have, like, community stuff. It's all free to do, and you can find things you're interested in. They have people who do podcasts there on a regular basis, and it's like going into a studio and catching the Ellen show, except no one yells at you backstage. Yikes. <laughs> You've been hearing this? No, I've heard it. I've heard it. I just didn't know we were going there. So I said, Yikes. 
I've heard some pretty horrific, like Brad Garrett of all people was somebody that came out and spoke very so, like, no, this is accurate. She's terrible. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, what does he have to lose? Nothing. He's right. I saw that. And, and Brad Garrett's usually this very nice, very reserved person. And I really expected like, Hey, you know, uh, the spotlight puts a lot of pressure on you and sometimes when he's like no this is right she's she's a monster that's awful <laughs> oh my god so uh, what made me think a lot i've i've watched clips or whatever the show she's notorious for like jumping out of places and scaring the shit out of people on that show <laughs> like they legit might have been scared because of something she said backstage dude <laughs> right it's like she might have jumped out it's like it's not like, oh, I'm surprised. Like, oh, no, it's Ellen. <laughs> oh, no, she's going to, like, stab me. No. What's she going to do now? Yeah, she, they weren't afraid of the surprise. They were afraid of what was going to follow. Exactly. Uh, the one person who had this right for, like, 15 years or more was Adam Carolla. If you mm. Before, and I'm not as big into what Adam Carolla is doing right now. He's sort of, like, aligned with Fox News and does a lot oh, really? of appearances there. And everything's super political. Um I'm a little too moderate for that. Yes. Yeah. But in the day when he was trying to just recreate the radio show as a podcast, he used to say this all the time. He's like, doesn't it seem weird how many calories she burns in putting on that persona? Like, let's, we've got to dance every time there's music and like, yeah. let's do friendly things and wonderful things. She goes, he goes, I'm pretty sure if you, if you cornered somebody who works backstage and went, how is Ellen back here? He, that person would go, uh, Ellen is Ellen. And he said, when you hear anything like that, Ellen is Ellen, that means the person's a monster. He was right, man. He nailed yeah. it on that. He's been Jeez. saying that for a long time. That's good. Yeah, I, I believe it. I truly would. Never, never really been like a huge fan or anything by any means. But yeah, it's something that I, like I said, Brad Garrett, what is, he's nobody. He's not trying to gain anything from this. It, it's true. I'm surprised by some of the celebrities who are like, yeah, that's that's the case. The one <clears throat> I still love him to death. The one that I stuck up for that I was semi surprised about was actually Kevin Hart. And I was like, really? You got plenty going on. You don't need to worry about this. Go ahead. Let me let me still like you. Go ahead. <laughs> what wasn't Kevin the one who got caught up in like he made an offensive joke like 15 years ago? He was at the Oscars or the Emmys. He was set to host and he made. Right. It was uh, it was even one of his specials, if memory serves. It was about his son was like two or three, and I believe the words he used at the time were he was dancing with one of his friends and they had corduroys on and it looked like they were grinding or something. He's like, "Whoa, don't do that gay shit!" Or so he just said something like, "Oh no!" It wasn't even directly like gay people do this or anything like that. It was just he made an off. It was so long ago too, and he had since apologized for it. But when he came up to host whatever event that was a couple years ago. They're like, uh, we're going to need you to apologize. He's like, I already did. They're like, yeah, but do it again. He's like, no, I'm good. See ya. Don't eat it. Right. And he doesn't. He's doing just fine. It's, so. it's weird. And I don't, I don't necessarily want this to be a, an episode about cancel culture or anything. <laughs> but, but it is something you have to participate in to a degree. Like you have to allow yourself. Let me put it like this. You, you get to determine how much other people get to influence you at a certain point. Yes. Like if, yes. if they wanted him not to host an award show, they get to do that and that's fine. But they can't go like, no, your apology wasn't sincere enough and then make him do anything. You get to put the brakes on at a certain point. Like, okay, I've listened to enough criticism. I've offered as much apology as I want to. 
and now I move. Like if if someone came after me for letting you even say repeat the joke that he said, right? And, and it could happen. I would oh, say, I'm sure, somebody um, would. Here's here's here would be my approach. I would say, if you were listening to that and that brought something up for you and made you feel uncomfortable, I am I'm genuinely sorry about that. I don't ever want anyone to turn on my podcast and take something hurtfully and personally because I never mean that. And that's the sincere truth. But if they were like, well, it's not me, it's other people. And here's what you have to do. I'd say, no, talk to my boss. It's still me. And I'm not, I'm not saying anything. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. You have nothing better to do than me. Captain Sabaho for the world. So see you later. (laughs) You're right. So anyway, but yes, so this is, this is a week of celebration. The, my point was the conference was, uh, a little hit and miss, but it was still really nice of them to go, why don't you come and cover this as press? Because it's been a while since I've been aligned with any major industry news sites or anything. I've been doing my own thing and trying to create my own brand out of that. And the fact that people are recognizing that is a huge win. So this whole week has a very positive light uh, around it. So I I appreciate them and I'm going to do more coverage uh, on that event. This episode will probably go at least to YouTube today or tomorrow and then hit the podcast sometime tomorrow also. So uh, look at coderiplay.com if you're interested in seeing more about what happened at DigiPen's Audio Engineering Society's International Conference on Audio for Virtual Reality and Augmented Reality 2020. That's the last time. I'm done saying it. Yay. I've been using that Swell app, so I've been saying it out loud a bunch of times because I started oh, wow. a thread there. Because there are some fans of this stuff over there, and I was like, I'll keep dropping notes. And as a joke, I kept trying to say it and never got any better at it. So That's a lot to get out there, especially in a quick manner like that. What I wanted to do for this show, now that it's half over, is somebody suggested a clip show on Twitter. Like, do like a best <laughs> of clips show. And I thought, that's a really good idea. And as we got closer to the event, it was like, that's a really good idea that I couldn't possibly do in time. I can't listen back to a hundred hour long shows. I can't like format wise, it would be difficult because I would like introduce something and I'd want to talk about it. It'd be hard to know where to cut it off and explain the context. And I did hear from our old buddy, John Shiver this morning, very briefly, people ask about him a lot because he was like very steady during the first year and then uh, basically just had to move on. He's in a band that's taking off and it's very popular and stuff. And we were never going to be able to hold him long term. Never got paid a dime. Just just a very close friend. Here's the whole thing. Let's, let's walk down memory lane. That's what we'll do for this show. This, this podcast started as an offshoot of a different podcast called Next Gen Nerds. Yes, sir. I, I started doing that show after... The show that became sort of an offshoot from, which was, uh, what did we even call that? The Nightfall Unlimited podcast. Yeah, with you and Ray. With me and Ray. I don't know if you ever heard any of those because it was a super long time ago. I, if it's what I'm thinking, I've, I've caught snippets, but it could be longer than I'm remembering. Yeah, this was seven good years ago or more. Maybe I do remember then. Maybe I do. I was If it was any longer than that, 
I was gonna say no, but I did you bring did you bring you and Ray back for a short period, like a two point Did you do that for like a very short stint, or am I making that up? We did. You would come on and do the news and stuff like that. We did like two reunion shows. What you're <laughs> thinking about is he was doing a different uh, podcast for the Horror Syndicate, maybe. Maybe. He was trying to branch out, and he basically wanted to have a gaming segment. And I yeah. just came on and talked a little gaming news. But I remember that, yeah. I remember that, and then I remember uh, probably a good time before that, at least one or two things, yeah. Yeah, so when I started all this, my very first exposure to podcasting at all was I bought some very basic gear, including this mixing board that's sitting in front of me right now to this day. It's, hey, got, it's got a Nightfall Unlimited sticker on it that I'm looking at. And... I just got Ray, and we had three or four other friends at a time. They would kind of rotate in and out, and we would do geek culture talk. So the sound was horrendous, I promise you. <laughs> we did many, many things wrong. And I, I had to experiment and figure out editing on my own. And editing took days and days for a one-hour show. And it, it absolutely wasn't worth it. It was just something we wanted to do, and we were not going to be told no. So <laughs> we... We did that. I would record everybody onto one track and then have to like level everyone's volume out individually in like seconds at a time. It was a nightmare. And that still, sounds like a nightmare. It still sounded bad because people's mics would cut out and stuff. Terrible. So, but we had we determined it was really fun to do. We built mic stands out of PVC pipe at the time and all kind of like it was guerrilla recording all the way. And we did that for I don't remember how long. It was between a year and two years, probably something like that. There weren't that many episodes. None are still online. People come mm. to me all the time from the podcast and go, do you still have some of those recordings? And the problem was I would edit the shows and send them off to a different guy who worked on the podcast. He ran the hosting account. And the first time he came to me and asked if I still had any of those shows, we determined the shows were gone forever oh, because, I, because I thought he had them <laughs> and apparently not. So he's like, don't you have them? I'm like, no, I gave them to you and deleted them. So they're all gone. <clears throat> I'm terrified of something like that happening uh, to, like, YouTube. Um, because I know yeah. it happened at Machinima when Machinima was the thing. Um, one of the big, well, he's one of the original founders of Optic Gaming back in the day, Hector Rodriguez, who is now part of uh, Andy Miller and NRG, uh, that big company. Um, he used to do all of the like when top tens were first coming out and the top five sniper plays of the week or S and D like he did that on machinima back when that was the only thing to do it. And they, they just trashed it. You're talking years and years and years of early groundwork, call of duty stuff, just trashed. Yeah. I don't know why anybody would do that. Like, why can't you just like archive them and then download them later? Like take them offline. You don't have to delete them ever. Really? That's, that is a real danger. Um, I've heard Leo Laporte who runs the, uh, this week in tech network, the twit network, he said many years ago, hi, buddy. I'm still working on it, okay? Okay. Okay, you still watching Boy Meets World too? Uh-huh. I hope you have fun. Okay, can we kick this ball out there in a little bit? In a little bit. As soon as I'm done, I'll come out and that'll be time. Okay. You got it. <laughs> I, uh, I heard Leo Laporte say many years ago that... I mean, by the time he did this, it was his full-time revenue. It, it paid for his family to eat. It was crucially important. They had real studios with, like, stagehands and producers and stuff. He wow. said, when we record a show, it gets edited. It goes onto a hard drive. 
And when that hard drive is full, we wrap it up and put it on a shelf and we buy more hard drives. He's, he's, they do all their own backups. And I have not done anything like that. I still have access to every episode of this show. Yeah. Oddly, the podcast we're about to talk about, because when I got done doing Geek Culture Talk with Nightfall Unlimited and we all decided to part ways and do other projects... Uh, soon after, one of the biggest fans of the podcast, our buddy Jamie Crock, he he came to me and he said, you know, I really liked listening to that show. I'm sorry it's done. But he goes, my brother works at a media studio in Edwardsville. And he said, they're looking to contract some podcasters. And I liked him. He was like a really good contributor of like comments and bits and like had very funny ideas and stuff. Like yeah. we loved interacting with him. He goes... Is there any way that maybe you and one of our other friends... Jesus, your dog scared me just... <laughs> sorry, sorry. Mailman or something must have got her. <laughs> that was loud enough that I was like, shit, is that in here? <laughs> Amazing. Here, golly. A dog came up through the sump pump this time. <laughs> uh, here, she's a teddy bear. I'll, I'll let the camera... See, come here, we can... Look. Oh my goodness! Look, it's Alf, everybody. Look, it's Alf. All right, you go sound on, like buddy. Satan. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Whew, what was that? Sorry to get your heart beat good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Why, I know you have a dog. Like, I don't know why that has that impact on me. Oh. Uh, so, uh, our buddy Jamie is where yes. we were. He he said, "Is there like?" what would you say about coming with me and one of our other friends and we could go, we could strike up a contract with this studio to do a podcast and get paid. And like, that would just be a, they would take care of everything. We would just have to come in and hang out. I said, you know, I missed it. I said, that sounds fantastic to me. So we, we pulled in John Shiver, who's who we both knew. And the three of us went in and did next gen nerds for, uh, it was a one year contract. So we did one year worth of episodes and in the second half of that, we'd been at it for six months already. And the studio did not do anything to monetize. Like I remember you saying that. They wouldn't even like hook you up with like an Amazon banner or anything at the very least. We ran into a lot of problems because the producer, though he was a friend, was, <laughs> was not very invested in it. Like he had too much on his plate. He, there was only so much he could do. All of our questions went up through him and like no one else at the studio really answered anything or supported us in any way. They were very friendly around the office. But if I was like, hey, we have this following problem and we need to get this resolved, they'd be going, hey, bro, I don't know. You know? <laughs> so uh, I tried to sort of take charge and put some things together and said, look, if we can get these on YouTube, we can start monetizing there right away. There right. are services take no extra work but a couple clicks nobody would have to do anything right couple clicks we could do uh show notes in a blog and put in affiliate links and stuff there's a lot of ways to monetize when you don't have a giant following what they thought was going to happen was they had their eye on this particular facebook group that had like tens of thousands of users that all talked about nerd stuff all the time and that's great but like they put the first episode up and people went, that was cool. There was a good turnout for that. The second episode, the admin of that group said, you have to stop doing this. You can't just come in here and promote your stuff anytime you want. So they shut that down. 
And from the studio's perspective, like, they were like, It was over. Nope, <laughs> we tried. Yeah, you and can't put was, all your eggs into one basket like that. Come on. I was like, yeah, well, some of us are locked into a one-year contract on this issue. So, excuse me if I go ahead and try to make this profitable for you and then right. me. So, unfortunately, this drug on that way the entire year. I asked for accounts for social media to run. They wouldn't do it. I asked for YouTube stuff. They wouldn't do it. And anytime I rose an issue or, or sent an email or something, heard nothing back whatsoever. So toward the end of this, I had to look ahead because I was like, look, I've spent five years on this already. And it's something I'd like to, I'd like to see it thrive for once in my life. Or I need to find a different hobby, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So it was about that time that I went like, what am I really invested in and what do I have to offer? And that was about the time that I had left full-time traditional employment to go indie on, on the game development. So by the time we started the show, I think I had already put out letter taps. And so my first commercial product was in app stores. And I went, here's how I love spending my time. I love cracking books open that are like interviews with studio heads uh, interviews with game developers, developer journals like the ones by Jordan Mechner when he was making Prince of Persia. Uh, I, I love reading stuff like that. I love hearing from developers. And I was like, what, what good game dev podcasts are around? And at that time, there weren't that many. There were some that had been around for a long time. They were made by people way smarter than me and probably way better at this than me. But many of those had stopped already. And I knew that was maybe a sign this was not going to be the easiest thing to do, but that still left this vacuum where there were no steady, active game development podcasts that did quite what I wanted to do. So I recorded a couple of shows in um, our house in Glen Carbon before we moved. Mm -hmm. I, walked, I basically walked into like the one walk-in closet we had surrounded by t-shirts for good sound quality. <laughs> and on my MacBook, my old MacBook, I just you know, shared thoughts about some news stories and talked about some development stuff. And, and I was, so I was doing that while we were finishing the contract on next gen nerds. I will say this about next gen nerds for one thing, weirdly, those episodes are all still online. So a year's worth of podcasting we did that made no one any money, a dime the entire time. Someone's still paying to host. That. Can you, I would, I guess I would try to download those in the storm somewhere just to, Say, hey, I did this once, you know. It's a good point. Like, I would like to make backups of them just so. I mean, one thing about podcasting is there's sort of a legacy element to it. Like, if it's handled correctly and if it's maintained, you know, these words will outlive me when I die. And, right. You know, my kid can go and find hundreds of hours of me speaking into a microphone. He may not care about what I'm saying. Nobody can hear his dad, yeah. And then people who do care about what I'm saying can find it as well. So, I mean, that's one cool element to this, but, um, so the next gen nerds con uh, contract was winding down. We did, I think, put together a pretty good podcast. The three of us had a great dynamic. We had a lot of fun recording it and we got really great feedback the whole time. It's just, it wasn't sustainable because I was moving to, from Illinois to Missouri yeah. at, at the end of the contract. And I told them, you know, because we're not making any money and because I've not seen any signs that you guys are working to continue developing this show, 
I'm not going to renew my contract. Like it was stipulated that I had to let them know that I would not renew the contract. Right. So on, on exactly the date that I needed to do it, I sent, sent in a thing and said, look, I, I'm moving is basically the short answer. And so this isn't really going to be viable any longer after that. And right. um, the, uh, the other two guys ended up putting in the same notice and uh, moved on. So with that, I started doing game dev breakdown alone. And right before the contract ended was that, that podcast one masterclass thing out in uh, Irvine, California. Yes. And they were like, Hey, we're doing this podcast. One executives will be in the house and we're looking for podcasts to bring into podcast one. And at that time, that's where you wanted to be. If you did a podcast, you wanted yeah. podcast one's network and their reach and their money they took care of everything for you. It was like what they were doing in Edwardsville, but at massive scale. Because right. they, by that time, they, I think they owned Corolla's network, or they were like partner owners in that. Like they had huge names, and they had tons of revenue coming in. So, I, I talked to the wife. I was like, "This is the ultimate long shot. I mean, this is almost stupid to even think about this." I said, "But look at the timing." And tell me, it doesn't present an interesting opportunity to go, I'm sure, learn some things and meet some people. Yeah. But also, just for fun, do this pitch fest they're having at this event and see if anyone's interested at all. So I did that, went to the pitch fest. I had, I had made like two episodes alone in my closet at that time. Yeah. I went through the whole event and I noticed it was it was very heavily skewed toward local people. There were a lot of uh, Southern California broadcast professionals and stuff like uh, the, I think the dude directly in front of me in line had just covered the Oscars for like a TV network wow. and, and me with my stupid ass voice and my no experience was going to go after this dude and be like, <laughs> I like video games. <laughs> Does anyone here like video games? But my pitch sounded better than that. But what I found out was at this event, the way it worked was they didn't, I thought, I pictured in my head, I pictured booths with like many producers and many executives and podcast one staffers <clears throat> who would listen, take notes, compare things later. And I thought, maybe if that's it, maybe I have a shot. What the event was, was every single person who, who was there who wanted to pitch, which was everybody, yeah, would go in one single file line that went around the the seats in the uh, comedy club, the, uh, the Irvine improv, it went around the entire dining area out the door, out the building and like well down the sidewalk where they were filming, filming something for TV outside. So mm. I had to get in this line and wait to give like literally a 30 second pitch directly to Adam Carolla on the stage. Mm. I had no idea this was how it was going to work. Adam Carolla fucking hates video games. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. So it was him and uh, Brian Bishop, who is on his show, who used to yeah. be the uh, phone call guy for Loveline. And then Gina Grad, who was a radio personality in Southern California, who coincidentally voiced a character for Street Fighter Four just recently. So she knew a little bit about the business. And I thought I didn't know that. <laughs> that was this was the kind of research I was doing before this pitch. Like, what if they are involved? Do I have a chance in hell? So, is it time yet? It's almost time, buddy. It's just going to be a few more minutes, okay? Okay. 
Thanks, buddy. Are we going to do it one more minute? In about 15 minutes. Okay. Thanks, buddy. So I get to the front of this line, knees weak, palms sweaty, and all those eminent <laughs> <laughs> <eminent> lines. <laughs> and I, I gave what I think was a decent pitch. I, sure. I said, basically, okay, so the video game industry is now bigger than the film industry and the TV industry and the music, uh, it, the TV industry and the music industry combined. Yeah. So this is a huge business with a ton of professionals even more people who want to break into the, the industry, break the door, you know, get a foot in the door, break the door down. And all of these people would absolutely listen to a steady podcast full of content about the business behind making games. And that was ultimately the gist of this thing. And um, <laughs> they, they responded very politely, but like, wow, interesting. Okay, that's cool. And I don't think they believed me about the stat that I had just said. And like, I understand it sounds fantastic to somebody who works in TV or radio or something. Yeah, It was true. I had verified it the night before, even, even though I had read it before that and knew all about it. I was like, that's still true, right? It is true. And, and climbing. And I don't know if that threw them off. And so they were thinking about that while I was pitching what I wanted to do. But um, since we found out they were only going to help one podcaster who came to this entire event wow it was somebody else and of course it was going to be somebody else the, the the winning pitch was for something called like uh business what is it business diaries or like the death of businesses or something and oh your audio just dropped out whoa whoa okay you're back okay that was weird Okay. So anyway, they, they picked they picked this other thing and never did anything. That never That's came sad. out. And the, they spent the whole time talking about this thing they called Podcast One Underground, which was going to be sort of like a minor league podcast network where they would bring in basically anybody who wanted to try it. And the ones who excelled in that like minor league, they'd bring up to the big show. And that's how they would promote shows to like the big network and give them resources and advertisements and stuff. And it sounded like a fantastic thing. And shortly after the event, I think they dropped the plan because they never did that either. So now I'm at a point. Imagine being somebody that worked on those things. Like you put all this time into it. You put all this effort into it. You waste like days. Here and then they're the, like, yeah, by the way, no. Here was the thing. The event started with a speech from, I think his name was Kit Gray. He was either a VP or a president of the company. And he was just talking about, like, we have a huge promotion going on right now where we're talking to Xbox. We have a huge deal in the works with Xbox so we can reach that audience. And I brought that up in the pitch. I was like, you want to reach gamers? I will help you. Let, let me help you. Let me do your work for you. Yeah. That's not going to be a problem. And if you can put me in touch with them, so much the better. But we'll get this done. So if you guys are, are in tune with the need to reach that network or that, that audience, fantastic. We got it made. So, but that didn't seem to move them. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know that I ever saw the Xbox thing come to fruition either. And then, then when Forza Motorsport 6 came out, I think that was the one where they had Adam Carolla in their ads. 
Uh, yeah, I think that's right. I don't yeah. know why I remember that. They had a lot of, there were a lot of celebrities about it, probably because I was posting it on Facebook and bitching about it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe everything I've been through. He has no interest in video games until Forza comes knocking. He definitely loves cars, though. I know that. So here's what I did. I went to the little after-party thing. Got a pick with Adam. It wasn't the first time we had met. Right. Called the wife, said basically, like, you know what? Uh, I'm all done with this. And she's like, yeah, you sound kind of frustrated. And I said, you know what? I'm really not. I'm not because what I determined here was I'm not going to let anyone tell me not to do this. Right. That's the whole story is I, I went to shout about this on the mountain and all the wrong people heard me and didn't believe it. And you know what? I came home. I did it anyway because I wasn't going to let anyone stop me. Right. I get shitty comments on the internet. I had all kinds of reasons I could have stopped this, but I did it because I wanted to do it because I can't not do it. That's just not in my DNA. Like, this is the kind of thing I do. It's what I know and it's what I love. And you know what? People have heard that and connected with that over these last couple of years, and they've followed along, and it means the entire world to me. We've done big partnerships now with Microsoft for GDC. We do press coverage. We, we get sent guests all the time this thing is finally starting to click and it's because of the people who heard this went yeah this is where it's at this is what we need this is the content and this is the format and this is what we love uh what's his name from uh adam ruins everything jumped into the space for a while people eventually picked up this is this is something this is where it's at there's content here and there's a need for it and he he gave up but uh like where are you at dude but i love the other podcasters in my space you can ask any of them like we have interactions all the time we get along very well because there's room on everyone's shelf for this kind of content and so i thank everybody for 100 episodes now following along and uh look for 100 more because i'm not i'm not done so that's it'll be exciting i'm looking forward to the next you definitely i mean I'm only speaking as of late, not even the whole time, because obviously that still speaks for itself. But as of late, all the guests, I mean, when when dude came on and was talking about and we won't dive into it, but talking about, you know, Tesla and Microsoft and you got people like that just saying, hey, let's talk. It's like, yeah, let's talk, dude. Let's go. I've been waiting. Where you been? That was outstanding. He was like uh, and, and he was another example of somebody who hadn't really heard of someone doing what we're doing. And he was like. I don't know how to help, but please let me know. He's not well, the last one. We're going to talk to somebody who's working on Cyberpunk soon. You know who you cool. are. Expect a call. We're going to talk to somebody from Atari soon. That'll be cool. He knows to expect a call. Like I don't mind dropping these names because these people are coming to me like, I would love to do this. You said uh, your buddy, I believe Aaron, has something coming your way eventually as well, yeah? From Discord? Oh, uh, Aaron, but uh, Rick. His, Rick, his, yes, his Rick, partner sorry, yes. run it. Yeah, he's, and w- that story is interesting because they, uh, and here's another, like the last time we did this, he's like, oh my God, thanks for the shout out. But they're the kind of people who are not only doing the development, but studying what they're doing and sort of making a go of capturing that. And those are yeah. people who I love talking to. Absolutely. Like when, when people are like, you know, I, I started a document because I tried several things. I've experimented. Here's the stuff that worked the best. Love that. So it's always nice to keep track of things, what works, what doesn't work and keep on keeping on with it. 
and there's, been, sure. there's been a huge audience demand for more Matt Hill. So, well, I'm no Clarissa, but I can explain a couple of things. So, <laughs> so, so that's a thing that we will uh, happily deliver because these these are the most fun episodes for me. I can't I can't say any of this stuff to a normal guest, you know. Yeah, well, I gotta stay respectable. I. <laughs> I would love it if you, you were talking to Tesla or Microsoft and you just drop a Boy Meets World reference in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would die. I would die. I'd like to go back and find the stupidest reference I've brought up to somebody who is like a legit professional. I'm sure I've done it. It would be cool if there was, an, I'm sure there is somewhere for something. You could have all your audio files in a folder and you could... See, I don't know. It would have to be semi-intelligent. You'd have to search it for, like, a random question, and it would be able to produce some type of answer for you. But it would have to be semi-intelligent. I'll figure it out while I'm working on the book. While I'm transcribing a set of interviews for the book, I will... Here's here's the leader in the clubhouse. Not in terms of references, but things that, looking back, I was like, why did I say that? Here's the best one. I've just been posting about David Fox because the Thimbleweed Park team's working on their next game. And we figured it out because I found a job posting they put up. I mean, not exactly Sherlock Holmes or anything, but like, okay, this must mean they're gearing up for it. And they basically confirmed that by liking and retweeting and stuff. So very excited about that. But my interview with David Fox is maybe my favorite one that I've ever done because I love his work. He's a super interesting guy and he's super nice. So that, that turned out to be a great, that really hit home with people and they really enjoyed that. So over the last couple of days, I was like, hey, here's news on the site about uh, Terrible Toy Box, which is the name of the development team. And they're doing this. And while you're doing that, listen to that David Fox call, because some of the fans are new and you haven't heard that yet. And that was top notch. And it wasn't my fault. I was sick as a dog, but we had a great call. Hi, buddy. Almost done. <laughs> I thought I heard the door open, too. I was like, I thought I heard that. <laughs> I'm almost done with my call. Got about five minutes. Yeah. Okay. You're yeah. almost done. You're almost done with your work. What do you think? I think you're right. Uh-huh. Thanks, man. <laughs> yes. Everything about it. <laughs> so I said I was having this good discussion with David Fox. Yes. And I had done a lot of research on David Fox because I knew I always get a little nervous when it's someone who I know they've done a ton of interviews because what I don't want to do is rehash stuff that is all over YouTube. Like he's been very gracious with his time with many people. So I didn't want to be like, you know, tell me what it was like every day you worked on Maniac Mansion. Right. Even though I love Maniac Mansion. So what I noticed was he's got a lot of good stories that he puts on his own website about stuff no one ever brings up. So I made a bunch of notes about like his his uh, work in VR, like early VR, and his work in like location based entertainment, like attractions for Disney and stuff. He he's done fascinating stuff, and he's a visionary guy. Like he knows he has big ideas about where we need to head with technology and what we need to do to get there. So <laughs> I get into the middle of this interview, and things kind of slow down on the Lucas Arts talk, and I say. David, I've been researching you, and I hope this comes out right, but the LucasArts stuff is one of the least interesting things about you. <laughs> <laughs> he, he literally goes, and the nicest dude in the world, he goes, 
Okay. <laughs> I say, I say, yeah, I heard that too, and it didn't come out right. But uh, what I mean was, you do so much more work that people need to hear about. And like, by the time I stumbled all over myself explaining it, it was like, oh, thank you, that was really nice. And I'm like, look, I just want to acknowledge that that was like a risk versus reward thing, and it should have never come out of my mouth. <laughs> You were just trying to say, as great as your work at LucasArts was, and as reputable as that place is, it doesn't matter in comparison to some of the other great things you've done, right? Yes? I feel like if I said that, I'd still make it sound bad. <laughs> hey, you're good, but that sucked and you're better. <laughs> I'd like to say that you're better than that. <laughs> there are a million ways I can find to make something sound bad. So I'm good at it. It's good. God. Well, uh, we have blown the entire hour here. It's all good. I don't think my son's going to wait much longer. So uh, what's going on with you this next week or so? What are you up to? This next week, I'm just going to be grinding work. Uh, lunch streams will resume starting next week, finally, since it's been very inconsistent since COVID happened. Oh, yeah. You don't really know what was going to happen at work. But uh, next week, I'll be hitting them starting Monday, usually around 11.45 noon for a good hour, hour and a half. We'll awesome. be on the Twitch. It's Gaining a little traction, and uh, just taking it in stride. Um, the follows are coming. To make affiliates, you have to get that uh, dreaded average of three viewers per stream up. The yeah. real trick, apparently, though, is after. If you want to make partner, you got to get like an average of 75. I'm not looking at that yet, though. We'll get there. Man, you're going to have to start abusing animals on stream or something I mean, to get those kind of numbers. Bill was sharing me his stats, his after stream stats, and I was just like, holy crap, it's so, it goes from 3 to 75? Like, oh my god, they're no joke. But hey, yeah. it'll, it'll all be good. I'm learning some things, meeting some very cool people, very surprised people are showing up um, as much as they have been. I've been getting a, an average unique view of about 10, which is usually about 8 more considering it was usually just me and you in our own streams. So I'm, I'm thrilled to death people are coming by. Um, doing some research with Streamlabs versus uh, streaming directly from my Xbox to the Twitch app. Um, Streamlabs runs fairly smooth, but I find my numbers are usually about three-fourths lower than normal. Yeah. But also when I'm using the Twitch app directly from my box, I'm coming up with all kinds of people can't hear my party, even though they're sharing their audio. Um, game and my mic audio are completely different and mismatched and loud and soft. I can't crop my camera. I get a really big picture. Just, you know, minuscule things that add up. So I went back to Streamlabs last night for my Warzone Wednesday, and I I got about the numbers I wanted, and things were a little more consistent. So, hey, I'm okay. learning. I'm happy to be here mixing it up and doing some LEGO Star Wars. been doing Rocket League this week, surprisingly, which was fun. A little nice. bit of Warzone. Um, doing some Borderlands 3 DLC. Plenty to play out there. I will be starting Game Pass next month, and that library will only get bigger. So, Oh, you're going to love it. You're it's going to be a good time. Um, it's been nice having buddies on, reconnecting with people. We still all miss you. Whenever you want to jump in, we'll be ready for you. But it's a thing. Yeah. Good times. So uh, check out Matt's Twitch. What's your Twitch? twitch.tv slash ohc mr day and you can find me on twitter at the same place awesome so uh follow matt and uh he's this funny all day he never stops <laughs> sometimes to a fault yes <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks buddy no problem at all see you later